Welcome to the Ambitious Introvert Podcast, created especially for introverts, empaths, and highly sensitive entrepreneurs to help you build, grow, and scale a successful, sustainable business. I'm your host, Emma Louise Parks, business and mindset coach for ambitious introverts. After 17 years working as an air traffic controller, the ultimate fast-paced, high-stimulus, extrovert-friendly role, my mission now is to show introverts that they too can create big results and success because of who they are, not in spite of it. I focus on introvert-friendly business and marketing strategy to help you switch overwhelm for clarity, confidence, and clients. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of the Ambitious Introvert Podcast. I'm Emma Louise, and today we are talking about a non-business subject, which is very close to my heart, but also if you're an entrepreneur, if you're working from home, can have a massive, massive direct influence and impact on your business, on your emotional well-being, on your mental health, on your energy levels, all of the things that we need to be able to build a solid business. So I am thrilled to be joined by my lovely friend, Christy, today. Thank you so much for coming and being a guest. Mm, thank you so much. It's, it's amazing to be here. So please tell my audience a little bit about you, your zones of genius, I'm going to say, and what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, that's such a good question. So thank you for introducing me. My name is Christy. I actually have a background in interior design, which I'm so excited to talk to you about today. So, you know, right out of high school, I was actually one of those kids who knew what I wanted to do. I had always been interested in interiors. I blame HGTV for that. I was obsessed with the show. Uh, what was it? it? was like when they went in over one weekend and they completely like uh, transformed the place. So that was really like my inspiration. I was constantly the kid moving my furniture around, giving unsolicited advice to my friend's parents. And so, yeah, right out of high school, I went to a design program and I specialized in residential interiors. And actually kind of along that journey, I also was doing a lot of personal growth work. So I started to realize in my early 20s that I was someone who was highly sensitive, which I'd never heard that term before. And I was also someone who was incredibly introverted. And I know for me, a lot of things started to make more sense in my life and things that naturally felt really challenging in my past or growing up started to feel a little bit lighter because I really started to understand who I was. So it was kind of interesting because as I was going along this journey of doing design school and starting to work in the industry, I was also going through this incredibly just like up level of personal growth and really getting to know myself. So these paths were really side by side. So that kind of brings me to where I am today. I still do interior design consulting work and uh, I'm also very much a multi-passionate person and I work with highly sensitive and introverted people to develop more confidence in their lives. So I'm currently doing both and loving it. And yeah, I'm so excited to talk about how us as highly sensitive and introverted people you know, we are so impacted by environments and there's a lot of things that we can do to make sure that we're managing our energy and also spending time in spaces that really support who we are and the life that we're trying to build. 
So firstly, I used to redesign my bedroom all the time. I used to have graph paper, you know, squared <laughs> paper, and I yeah. used to be like measuring it out and like, oh, I could put this here and I could do this and all of these great ideas. And secondly, for anyone listening, I just got a free consultation because we just discussed my office before we had recorded <laughs> and what I could do with the horrendous wardrobe with no doors. <laughs> so I can, I can vouch for your skills. But I think it's really one of the things that we bonded over as well, mm. because I believe you found me through Maykay. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, that's right. In- Instagram or podcast, yeah. And then, you know, as soon as we connected and we're like, oh, design, because I love Danish design. I am <sighs> obsessed with Danish design. You know, my house is, you know, for the rare times that I put it on social media, it's very minimal. Mm-hmm. It's very raw. Yeah. It's very calm and you know and i think so much of that is because i'm highly sensitive i've never been drawn to pattern i've never been drawn to bright colors i actually my body contracts if there's too many things like you know yeah. ornaments and and bits and pieces i'm much more of a, a clean surface type of person but again i didn't make that connection until till I was a bit older but mm-hmm. how does you know what kind of impact does it have just say a room in general how does it affect us oh my gosh it, on such a big level you know as people who are processing stimulation on a deeper level than other people our surroundings our environments are so important and you know I'll give an example I was recently on a trip I went to Mexico with my family which was so fun And I've really noticed, especially being with other personality types, that as a very highly sensitive person and someone who's definitely more on the introverted side, I was so much more impacted by the environments we were in versus how other people were experiencing it. So I think for us, it's really a matter of being aware of our environments and our homes and where we do our businesses and our work is also so important. It's important for focus. It's important for productivity, for happiness, for all these things. So I always really like to think of the spaces, especially that we have control in. It's like, how can they be highly functional? And then how can they also reflect who we are? I think that combining those two really equate to us having that sense of well-being and being able to recharge and re-energize in these spaces. And it's such a ripple effect for other areas of our life. It's so funny because we were talking about IKEA before we called because <laughs> I've got old IKEA wardrobes there. Yeah. But I always loved IKEA. Mm-hmm. And people are a bit like, just ikea and yes and i think it comes down to that whole scandinavian concept of things are beautiful and useful and Mm. you know having that surplus like just having things for the sake of things for some reason just makes my skin crawl but if something looks great but it's got a function or even better like a Mm multi-function that for some reason is like oh this is the dream yeah oh my gosh like there's so many things there, right? Like good design is just, ah, it it makes my heart sing too. And, and I think that's why, you know, we were attracted to, to people like each other. And it's so funny. Like, I feel like 
you know, it's just, you gravitate to eat to these things. And you even think about certain restaurants that you enjoy the most, maybe it is the food, but it's probably an element of the environment too. So this, this whole kind of concept spans and really starts to impact the decisions that you make and, and the places that really light you up. So I love what you're saying. My favorite restaurants are obviously ones with great food, but the music has to be at the right Mm-hmm. volume not too loud that I'm having to like shout at the other person but you know for me it's the chair yeah. if I'm there for like 20 minutes and then I'm like moving around or really uncomfortable in the chair I'm like no this isn't good I want to sit there for like two hours and not even think about the chair that's probably why I like Denmark mm-hmm. because obviously they are like the home of stylishly comfortable chairs but it's so true. It's like you say, it's the whole experience. It's not just something as simple as the food or a drink somewhere. It's the whole, I don't know, we really do as empaths as well, like absorb that energy of our environment. Mm, yeah, that's so true. And I think that's why so many highly sensitive people, it's important for people like us to be involved in businesses or services that have that experience element because we are so tuned into those subtleties like how someone's going to experience that chair or their surroundings or even the feeling of being on that person's website or getting that welcome series from people like the highly sensitive people we really care about people's experiences because we are people that experience things so intensely so yeah i think that that just again this concept continues to span in so many different ways and i think that's why highly sensitive people there really is a purpose for us being here and we are so mindful about our experiences and the experiences of other people so what are some things for any listeners that i think that are thinking okay i want to make sure my home is the best environment possible for my nervous system, obviously within reason, but without, you know, adding blackout blinds to every room and heated floors and soundproof in it and all of that stuff. Like what are really actionable, simple things that we can start to incorporate? Yeah. I love that you asked that question. So number one, I would first ask people, whether it's in their homes or their work environments, like how do you want to feel in this space? I know when I have this conversation with a lot of people who are also highly sensitive, calm comes up right away. I know that that was a word that you and I discussed even before we hit record. So if that's a priority for you to feel calm in your home environment, looking around, does anything feel like it's missing? Is there anything that feels like too much? Like you know, it's kind of like the coaching thing too. start with that level of awareness. Like, how do you want to feel in this space? Really identify what, what it is that you're looking to achieve. And then from there, once you have, you know, some descriptive words, like I want to feel calm. I want to feel relaxed. I want to feel, you know, like it's visually beautiful. Uh, start with that base. And then I, I think that Pinterest is such a great source for this. So I think that probably most people listening have a Pinterest board, but being strategic and how you use Pinterest, this is actually something that I love to do. You know, let's say you have like one wall behind you that you're like, I'm just like not sure what to do with it. I would start to like actually almost like use Pinterest as like a Google search. And it's just like, okay, blank wall above bed. 
or Scandinavian style in bedroom, like start to like use it really, really specifically. So you can start to build on these ideas. I think sometimes things like Pinterest feel overwhelming for people and they're just like pinning a bunch of things. But I think the more that you can break it down and use it specifically, you can really start to build on the inspiration and see like, oh yeah, I could put like three frames there or, oh yeah, you know what? Probably adding some drapery on this window would be really helpful. You know, something else that I think of often too is the psychology of color. And so if you are wanting something like a calm environment and let's say you have an accent wall that's red, I would kind of prompt you to say like, how much thought went into that? Is that something that a, a former renter painted? This is actually an experience that I had. I moved into a place like 10 years ago with my boyfriend at the time, now husband, and there was a red accent wall. And I was like, I literally cannot live with this. I can't imagine you with a red wall. <laughs> <laughs> no. And it was funny because in design school, we had learned that things like red, a lot of these bolder colors, you see them in places like McDonald's because of the psychology, they don't want people to be sticking around for a long time. It's it's go, 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 it's fast. You know, your nervous system isn't really able to stay in places like that for a long time. And, and again, I don't wanna completely generalize. There might be people here that are like, I love color and patterns and all that. But I would say if you're more of a highly sensitive person, finding smaller applications for those is also really helpful. So if you do love color and patterns, you know, finding ways to apply them in more of a minimal way might feel really good. It might find that balance of like, oh, this feels fun. This feels aesthetically pleasing, but it's not too activating for me. So I just said a lot of things and I've got a million tips, but let me know if you have any other questions on that. <laughs> it's funny because I bought, because when I've decorated the house, I mean, it's been decorated over all the time. I've lived here since 2007, but yeah. I've always gone for a very neutral palette. So it's, you know, slate floors in the bathroom, wood floors everywhere else, or wall carpet, which is like neutral colored. Mm -hmm. And I made the mistake of painting the walls white in one of the rooms. It was too much. Mm -hmm. And then I fell down this whole rabbit hole of like all of the different whites and some whites were too bright and some were too gray and some were too yellow and, you know, all of this kind of stuff. And then, but once I got that down and found, found that, I then started to play a little bit, only a little bit with mm -hmm. pattern, yeah. bit like cushion covers and blankets and, and things like that. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but I can move them around in different rooms or it can be seasonal. And it's not like having the red wall where it's just there 24 seven. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you bring up such a good point. I think sometimes when people want to kind of elevate their space, they get into that all or nothing mindset of like, oh, I need to renovate my kitchen. I need to gut this. There's actually a lot of things that you can do. Maybe you're planning for a renovation and that's something that you're saving for or working towards, but there's often things that you can do in the meantime. And so whether it's maybe applying a layer of paint or hanging some art. Maybe it's changing out a light fixture that feels incredibly outdated. There's so many small things, like something else that's kind of fun too is like hardware. So, you know, knobs on dressers or even kitchen cabinets. A lot of that time you can change those things out 
And it really does totally elevate the look of things. So I also love to encourage people if you're in that all or nothing mindset of like, oh my gosh, you know, I need to just like gut everything. There are things that you can do to just like elevate the space. And the really nice thing about that is then you're able to enjoy the space more in the meantime while you're working towards those bigger goals. So I always love to say that it's it's not all or nothing. There's so many little things that you can do that are going to make the space feel and look better. And you'll probably notice yourself too. You're going to be able to enjoy yourself more and you know whatever your intentions are for your space, whether it's to recharge or be energized or have a supportive space, like all of that is contributing to that. And then that's so great to say, you know, like you say, it's almost like coaching. It's like, what's the intention? Let's yeah. get back to the basics. Like, how do I want to feel in this room? Because I think most people approach it of like, how do I want this room to look rather than thinking, what purpose does it serve? You know, what will I be doing in here? Will I be relaxing or is this, you know, where I'm going to have my coffee in the morning and I want to wake up and feel a bit jazzed. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, something else that comes to my mind too, I know a lot of your audience is on the highly sensitive side and probably some introverts out there too. Having a space that is somewhat clutter-free is also going to really serve you. So many of us struggle with overwhelm, even other personality types too. I think that clutter really doesn't serve anyone. So if you're looking around and things just feel overwhelming, you might have a bit of a clutter issue. And so maybe it's taking a weekend and going through things. Maybe it's creating a donation pile or combing through your closet. Maybe you've noticed you have a stack of papers that have been living there for a long time. Like, again, this all affects us and it could be affecting your productivity in your business or even your sleep at night. So there's a lot of layers to our environment and there's a lot of changes that we can make that are not huge changes, but they make a really big difference in our lives. As you said, clutter, I actually clenched my jaw, which is my stress response because when I'm stressed, I wake up in the morning, my jaw aches like, oh, I've been clenching my teeth in the night. But as you said it, just that feeling of like, oh, I remember going to view a house when I bought that. I viewed, I think, 48 houses. Wow. When I bought that, I know it was at the height of like the crazy housing market in 2007 before the crash and houses were just selling in minutes and it was just (laughs) stupid. So I viewed all these houses and like lost two and then lost this one and then got it back. Wow. But, you know, I went in so many houses and I just remember one, (laughs) there was stuff everywhere. And I walked in, I was like, see past the stuff because you're not buying the stuff, you're you're buying the house. Remember, like they had this hallway and there was so much stuff in it that I was like Spider-Man against the wall, like trying to edge past. Everything was so full and it just felt claustrophobic. Yeah. I think that translates to a lot of other things in life too. If someone has a overly cluttered home, they're probably dealing with some stuff internally. And so I also like to think of that. I think sometimes it's easy to avoid things. I also think that, you know, if things are behind a closet or under a bed, what we don't see, we think, you know, can't really affect us, but it is affecting us. 
And so I think sometimes it is doing the hard thing of looking at your stuff and starting to go through it and sort things out. And it's crazy because really when you do that, it's like taking off a weight and it's like layer by layer. And it, again, it translates into other things in your life. So I love what you're saying. And I also want to say too, I think it's really fun for people who love seeing the potential in things. I love going on like you know, in Canada, it's like realtor.ca, any real estate site. And like looking at those places online and being like, oh my God, there's so much clutter here. Or like, this just isn't working. So fun to spot that potential and know that, oh, it's like, okay, I know that this has possibility, but there's going to be a lot of people that don't see it that are going to totally not even consider this place. So I love that you got the place that you're in and that you were able to see past a lot of the the stuff that was there. Yeah, it is. It's totally like, take it, it feels different, but it's like, this wouldn't will not feel like this when there is so much stuff in here. But I think, you know, that's a great thing about coaches. We see the potential all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, or at least we should be able to see the potential all the time to bring out the best in people. Same for our environment. Yeah, so true. So what is your favorite room of the house? If you had to pick, mm. where do you love to spend the most time? Oh, yeah, that's that's an interesting question. I, I think at this current time, it's my upstairs. My husband and I renovated it last year when we bought it. And it was one of those things too. We totally saw the potential. The layout at the time was a little bit odd, but we've really made it our own. And so it gives me so much joy being able to move around the kitchen and we did this custom fireplace. And so, you know, also too, considering all the elements, whether it's looking at the walls, the ceilings, the floor, like all these things are are really like creating the experience. And so for us, we were able to make a lot of these changes. And yeah, to answer your question, the top floor of our house, I just love it. It also, we have a beautiful view of the city and kind of on that note, I'll share like a couple of things that have made a huge impact for us. We're on a relatively busy street in Vancouver, which is not the most ideal thing, that is for sure. So we have done certain things like we've added frosting to the lower half of our windows. And I know for me that like when I walk upstairs and I don't see traffic or the cars, I instantly feel calmer than I did before. So again, I think it's like understanding as a highly sensitive person that these things affect you more than other people. So if you have a partner that might not be highly sensitive or you're you're sharing a household with people with a different personality, just allowing yourself to know that you're you're experiencing things maybe a little bit differently and it's okay to to place importance on things that maybe other people wouldn't. I want to share that because that's also been a big part of our journey and you know my husband's very collaborative and very understanding, but yeah, it's been really fun to look at how do we make our home kind of this retreat for our five senses? And what does that look like? How does that apply for what we're seeing, what we're hearing, what we're smelling, all the things? Oh, I'm going to round up there because I think that is a beautiful sentiment to end with. Thank you so much for coming and sharing your design wisdom with my audience today. Of course, you know, I'm going to ask you because you are a listener. Could you please recommend a book? for my audience who are looking to grow and scale their business? 
Oh, yeah, that is such a good question. You know, I'm actually going to recommend a human behavior book because I think that that really impacts, you know, whether it's being on a podcast or speaking to others or pitching yourself. I recently read this really amazing book called Cues. It's by a woman named Vanessa Van Edwards. She runs the business called The Science of People. And it's a book that's understanding how to identify the cues that other people are giving you. And it's also understanding how to cue other people. So you're cueing people for competence, confidence, warmth. And it's been one of those just like really mind-blowing things. And being able to cue people consciously, I think has such an impact on your business and clients coming to you and creating those partnerships of trust. So that is a book that has just like recently blown my mind. Perfect. Thank you so much for sharing. I'm going to pop that in the show notes along with your links so people can connect with you. And thank you for your time. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Ambitious Introvert Podcast with me, Emma Louise Parks. If you enjoy this show, please, please subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes. As a thank you, one lucky reviewer each month will win a 60-minute one-on-one coaching session with me, where you'll get the clarity and confidence to attract your ideal clients. And if you know someone who could benefit from listening to the show, then please do share and help me reach as many fellow ambitious introverts as possible.